Welcome to the Grace City Tampa podcast. My name is Alex Damari. Me and my wife, Brianna, are the lead pastors. Our vision is to lead people into a life-transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that today's podcast will build you up, lift your faith, and encourage you in the journey. Here's the message. Come on, what a powerful morning of worship we've had together so far. So grateful for all of you participating in the church and being the church. Just so thankful for these moments. So thankful for our creative team. Aren't you grateful? Um, Got a couple people grateful, but the first two songs we sang today were songs that were written from this house. The first Christmas song. Come on, we're writing Christmas songs, Bobby. That's an exciting day. We need some new Christmas songs in this world. I know it was the day after Halloween, Brianna started playing Christmas music in our house. And I was like, I'm already sick of it. We need some new Christmas songs in our world. And uh, man, I tell you what, I'm really excited for this season together. Something significant happens when the body of Christ intentionally celebrates and remembers Christmas together. So Merry Christmas, Grace City, Tampa. Come on, you picked a great Sunday to be in the house. If you are new, we just want to say welcome. We're so glad you made the decision and had the courage to come try a crazy new church uh, in Tampa. And we're just so expecting for what God can do in and through your life. You're going to want to come to Growth Track after service, uh, get some food and hang with us. We'd love it. But, um, man, just really quick, for all the people who call our church home, um, three weeks ago we had our Heart for the House offering. And can I tell you, I am absolutely blown away by the generosity of this house. I'm so blown away and so expectant for what we can do together as a community. Uh, We're going to be blessing some different organizations around the world. Uh, We're going to be emphasizing a couple organizations here in our city, as well as uh, we're going to be, you know, doing some much-needed upgrades here in our house. And so Heart for the House is still open right before Christmas. It's going to shut down. So I just want to invite you, whether it's a dollar, $2, $20, $2,000, 20,000, whatever it is, I want to encourage you. Come on, let's participate in really reaching our region and reaching the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Are you with me? Come on. Well, turn in your Bibles to Hebrews 2, 17, and Hebrews 8, 1 through 8. We're taking the remembrance of the Advent in a bit of a different direction over the next three weeks. Advent generally means the arrival And it's really the arrival of these gifts that Jesus brings, the arrival of hope, the arrival of peace, the arrival of joy, and the arrival of love. And when Jesus came to earth, he brought with him these gifts for us to live in our lives with. And rather than focusing on the gifts that Jesus brought this Advent season, I wanted to focus on the roles that Jesus came and filled when he came. And he really was so many, wasn't he? When Jesus came, it was the arrival of our answer. When Jesus came, it was the arrival of our atonement for our sins. When Jesus came, it was the arrival of our Savior. When Jesus came, it was the arrival of the solution for our life. Come on, he's the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus brought with him so many beautiful roles. I believe that the arrival of Jesus can be categorized within three roles. I want to emphasize those over the next three weeks through our arrival series. The three weeks are going to be this. Jesus, our high priest. Jesus, our prophet. And 
Jesus, our reigning king. Now, Wayne Grudem says this, we can't know God exhaustively, but we can know him accurately. And in no way am I going to do these explanations justice. I'm, I'm definitely not a theologian by any means. But I, I really do believe that I'm going to present an accurate representation of these roles. And hopefully, it will help spur on some faith, remind you of what God has done for you and who you're meant to be, and encourage you in the journey. Is that okay? So it's going to be a simple message today. We're honing in on Jesus, our high priest. Let's read Hebrews 2, 17. It says this. For this reason, he, meaning Jesus, had to be made like him, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. So first of all, what we just see in this scripture right up front is Jesus had to be human to become our high priest. This is a powerful step. So often we jump by Jesus being our high priest. And I want to emphasize the power of the role he took on here. Hebrews 8 verse 1 starts and says this. Now the main point of what we're saying is this. We do have such a high priest who sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. And who serves in the sanctuary, the true tabernacle set up by the Lord not by mere human being. Every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices, and so it was necessary for this one also to have something to offer. Let's jump to verse 6. It says this. But in fact, the ministry Jesus has received is superior to theirs as the covenant of which he is the mediator is superior to the old one. Since the new covenant is established on better promises. For if there had been nothing wrong with the first covenant, no place would have been sought for another. But God found fault with the people and said, the days are coming. Everybody say, the days are coming. Declares the Lord. When I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It's a direct quote from Jeremiah 31, 31. I want to speak for the next couple of minutes on the topic of the days are here. The days are here. We're going to focus in on Jesus, our high priest. Let's pray over the preaching of God's word. Lord, right now, we thank you for the roles that you held. We thank you for what you came and did for us. We recognize it this morning. This Christmas season, Lord, I pray that it would be a beautiful season of remembrance. Beautiful season of community. A beautiful season of growing in our faith. But I pray your word would speak to us today. Soften hearts, break down mindsets. Let us receive your alive and active word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. The end of 2014, uh, Brianna and I moved to Puyallup, Washington to take on a creative pastor role at a church that I remember dreaming about years before going, this would be the ultimate dream to be a pastor on staff at this church. And I remember I was so excited when this pastor called. I could not believe 
Like this is one of those places you would never think in a million years you would receive a call from this person leading this organization. And he called me and offered me the creative pastor job. I remember being so blown away and getting ready. Brianna and I like getting ready, moving for the first time. We'd only been married for about a year and a half. And it was such a crazy move, moving from a small town to a big city. And a couple months before we started, the pastor had asked me to come over. They wanted to pray me into the new role. And so I came to this creative team night. There was about 35 creatives around this this table, and we came, and I got to meet them all and, and talk with them, spend some time with the pastor, spend some time with the old creative pastor. And this old creative pastor was being honored for his time he invested in that church. Don't you know it's good to honor people who have gone before and put in the work? Well, so the pastor came up at the stage, and he brought this, this guy up and started to honor him for all he had invested, all the things he'd done, the songs he'd written, all this stuff. And then he brought me up, and we were both sitting there on either side of him. And the first thing he said to me, he goes, Alex, you got some big shoes to fill. And I was like, that, could, that was the worst thing you could have ever said to me. You know what I mean? Like for the rest of my days, all I could think about, I'd get up to lead worship was, I got shoes to fill right now. Like I would do events, all the things. I was like constantly thinking about these shoes that needed to be filled. That's not an easy thing to do, but can I tell you that season was one of the most fruitful seasons of ministry in, uh, in my life. Uh, we took that creative team from 35 uh, to 210. When we left, we had almost more drummers than we had on the whole creative team when we arrived there. It was a fruitful season, right? Uh, so I no longer needed to worry about the shoes in that time. It's all good with those. But as we were getting ready to leave, Brianna and I felt the call of God to come plant a church, which ended up being Grace City, Tampa. Come on, come on. As we were feeling the, the call of God to leave, we started raising up a guy to take my role as the creative pastor of that church. And I remember the staff chapel when the pastor called me up to, to honor me and then also to pray in the new guy. And there's all the staff and the interns in this chapel. And we stand up there and he goes, uh, you know, a little bit of honor. And then he turns to the new guy and he goes, you got some big shoes to fill. And I'm like, no, gosh. All I could think back was like Easter when I'd stand on the stage and think about shoes. You know what I mean? I'm like, I don't want him to be thinking about shoes. And when we got off the stage, I pulled this guy aside and I, I put my arm around him. I go, throw the shoes away. Go buy a new pair of shoes. Lead how God has called you to lead. Be the man of God that God has called you to be. I told him, come on, man, just stand on my shoulders and do things I never did, you know? And can I tell you, it was such a cool thing. Two weeks ago, uh, they released their first full-length album since I was the creative pastor there. And I'm listening, weeping in my car, going, there's a unique, special anointing on this album that I wouldn't have brought. They're standing on what's already been built and doing their own thing, right? Such a beautiful, beautiful thing to be able to look back upon. But regardless of how it's framed, taking on a position that someone else held before you is a lot of work and a lot of pressure, wouldn't you say? You can feel like if you don't check all the boxes exactly the same way, you will fail. Jesus is really coming into earth with some big shoes to fill, if you will. He had to fulfill multiple roles to fulfill the law. He had to fulfill the true and final sacrifice for our sins. Church, can I tell you that he came he filled the shoes. He threw the shoes aside. He created a whole new system of life and relationship with God the Father. He fully and truly filled it all for us. Before Jesus came, 
before the reality that we live in our relationship with God, today there is a system in approaching God of attaining atonement for our sins. Some of the things written in the law by Moses would have been the high priest was someone who would have been the representative for the people before God. He was the only one that could go into the Holy of Holies, the very presence of God. Think about this. You used to have a priest. He was the only one that could go into the presence of God. He's the only one that could speak to God on your behalf. There also had to be an animal sacrifice made for your sins. Not only did you have to present a sacrifice to God, but the high priest would present a sacrifice for all the people's sins. Bloodshed had to happen to cover sins. So the Israelites, to hear the prophecy of Jeremiah 31, 31, says the days are coming of a new covenant, would not have understood what that even meant. They wouldn't have been able to even fathom it. Think about it. For generation after generation after generation, they've been operating with this idea that there needs to be a priest that goes before God for us on our side. We can't do it without a priest. And yet, this prophecy comes to be, the days are coming. It would have been so hard in the rules and the regulation and the structure of what it looked like in the religion around them to even comprehend that there could be new days, a new way for them. Hebrews 7, 17 through 19 says, For it is declared, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. The former regulation is set aside because it was weak and useless. For the law made nothing perfect, and a better hope is introduced by which we draw near to God. See, Jesus took on the position of the high priest eternally. He filled the shoes. He set aside the regulation. And not only all of that, he became the very sacrifice that we needed to cover the sins for all of mankind once and for all. And he introduces a better hope. No longer does the presence of God reside behind the veil of the Holy of Holies. It resides in you and in me. Come on, Hebrews 3.6 says this. But Christ is faithful as the Son of God, Son over God's house. And we are his house. Come on, say, we are his house. We are his house. If we indeed hold firmly to our confidence, come on, that's our faith. And we hope in which we glory. This is how we draw near to God. This is how we have communion with God, relationship with God. It happens when we hold firmly to our confidence, our faith, and the hope in which we glory. Can we just stop for a second? And thank God for the new covenant that we live in. Can we thank God for the new covenant that he gave us? Come on, I'm so thankful for the ever-present reality that we live in. I'm grateful for what Jesus did. I'm thankful for the shoes he filled. I'm thankful that he doesn't operate according to the old law. I'm grateful that he fulfilled the law and opened up accessibility to God. Come on, we are his house. We are his temple. We are his people. A place for the dwelling of the Holy Spirit. And hear me today, church. We have the Holy of Holies residing within us. When Jesus died on the cross, the veil was torn. And now it loosed the Holy of Holies into believers through salvation. Can I tell you, you are a temple of the living God. We are his house. 
I don't know if you came in here today struggling with your identity. I don't know if you came in here and someone has robbed you of your worth. Let me tell you today, you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. You are a temple of the living God. He is living, moving, and breathing within you. And don't you ever forget it. The Holy of Holies is within you. Come on, church, would you say it? The days are here. See, in Jesus, we have a high priest who takes us into God's presence. Jesus himself provides the holiness and purity. He persistently prays for us. His ministry to us is permanent. His character is operating for us without sin or blemish. We could not be in better hands than to be in the praying hands of Jesus. With Jesus as our high priest, our Savior, our Lord, we can live in real safety. The days are here. The days are here. When Brianna and I first got together, we had like the, the classic couple first dates where you're talking about like what you want to do with your life and what is your life going to look like? What do you visualize? Where do you want to live? What does your house look like? Like what are your dream cars? Like how many kids do you want is like the most common thing we would talk about. And I remember my response was locked in from a young age because I was sitting in front of the TV one night and I saw a preview for Disneyland. And there was the dad with his son on Dumbo, just big old smiles with the ears and all. And then right behind him was the mom with the daughter, Dumbo ears, all the things. You know what I'm saying? And I remember looking at that and going, that's what I want. I want each of us can have a kid. going to be easy. We can go to Disneyland. Like, that's it. <laughs> then we moved to Florida. And uh, we got Disney World, praise God. We go a little bit. It's fine. Uh, but, and then also, I wanted two kids. Brianna wanted four. We have four. And so uh, we got four kids, and that's awesome. And they're all young. It was interesting, though, because uh, two weeks ago, we were on Dumbo. And I had Cove and Cece sitting next to me. And then Brianna was in the elephant right behind me with uh, Emerson and Evelyn. And as we were up flying around, I turned around and looked and it dawned on me, these are the days, the days are here, that I thought about, that I dreamed about, that I saw in that commercial that from a young age, I was like, oh, that's why I want two kids. The thing is, it didn't look like I thought it would look. We got more kids, praise God, I'm grateful for our crazy family. It didn't look exactly like I thought it would look like. It didn't maybe sound like it. But all of a sudden, awareness came and I saw clearly that the days are here. I think that's why the people at that time, the Pharisees, weren't able to accept that the Messiah had come. Because it maybe didn't fit in the picture of how they saw it. It didn't look exactly the same. They had visualized and dreamt about what it would look like for the Messiah to come. They heard all the prophecies they were foretold, all the things, and they weren't able to accept in the moment. Think about it. Even after Jesus died, the religious leaders and the people around weren't fully able to enter into the new covenant. Imagine that. You got a new covenant, a new way of life with the Lord. And because of how you perceive it, and you're not able to look behind you and go, oh, it might look a little bit different than what I thought, you're not able to enter into the new covenant. We are living in the new covenant. 
Jeremiah 31, 31 says, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. Come on, the grace given so freely by Jesus upon the cross. We are living in that time. The good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, it might not look exactly how we would have even thought, but can I ask you today, would you open your eyes? Would you think in a, in a godly way and see it the way that God made it to be? It might not be the picture that you've imagined your whole life, but can I tell you, the days are here. The new covenant is here. It's open and accessible for us. In the lobby after service, we have some printed devotionals for each and every one of you to take home. And we wrote up this little devotional. It's four days a week. It's going to be for the next three weeks. It's going to go along with the sermons. And we really wanted to not let this remembrance stop right here. Like, we got we to gotta press on in the week, and we got to keep remembering and, and stay in the heart of the season, the time of remembering what Jesus came to do. And this week we're going to be emphasizing Jesus, our high and I wanted to take a second just to go over really quickly the four days that we're going to be reading this week and what it means because I want to give an umbrella explanation a little bit of what's happening here. So when you read these scriptures, you can just let them set in your heart and just be reminded that these are the days, that the days are here. The first day is this. Jesus perfectly represents us before God. Jesus perfectly represents us before God. See, being fully human and fully divine, Jesus brings us together into fellowship with God. In 1 Timothy 2, 5 through 6, it says this, for there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man, Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. Come on, Jesus, the high priest, perfectly represents us before God. There is no ill motive, there is no, no selfishness involved in Jesus. He is perfectly the mediator that connects us to the heart of God, perfectly representing us. Day number two, Jesus is our sacrifice. In living a perfect life and willing to give himself to suffering and death on the cross, Jesus was a perfect sacrifice for sin. John 1, 29 says this, The next day John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Come on, Jesus not only was our high priest, yet he was the perfect sacrifice. He presented himself as the high priest for our sins once and for all. Number three, Jesus redeems believers from the dead of sin. Jesus redeems believers from death and from bondage to sin through his death and resurrection. A ransom paid on our behalf. Colossians 2.14 says, Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Aren't you grateful that Jesus is erasing our debt? Aren't you grateful that Jesus is covering every single one of our sins? He has made a way and redeemed us from the charges that were against us, nailing it to the cross. And number four, Jesus reconciles believers to God. Through his death, Jesus brings peace between people and 
God. That word reconcile simply means restores or brings harmony, brings back into alignment, brings into relationship with the Lord. And Romans 5.10 says this, For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more having been reconciled shall we be saved through his life? Come on, we've been reconciled. We've been brought back into harmony because of Jesus. Are you with me today? I know it's a little bit teachy, but come on, I think it's so good to be reminded of these truths. Like this is straight up the gospel. This is what Jesus came to do. And we can't just let, let faith be this like emotional roller coaster of if I feel like it, right? We got to lean into the truth of what Jesus came to do and the roles he filled for us. So I encourage you, grab that devotional in the lobby. I'm going to invite the keys forward and I want to ask our hosts to pass out uh, the elements of communion. So what do we do with this? I presented this, this message that, that shows you a bit of the history and what role Jesus came to fill. And I believe that there's something so powerful about the gospel, and that is it compels us to action. It compels us. Your love for the Lord, your love for who he is compels you to take action. And I... In reading through Hebrews and reading all about what Jesus filling the high priest looked like, arrived at the very end of this section, and I really do believe it's the cap which seals what it looks like for us and what we do with this knowledge that we have. Is that okay? Can we get a little bit practical today? Hebrews 10, 19 through 27 says this. Therefore... Brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water, hear this today, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Come on, the action steps are obvious in here. We're going to unfold them in a second. But verse 19 says this, and this is why you're getting communion passed to you right now. Verse 19 says, since we have the confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. Come on, we got to remind ourselves. We got to remind our souls. We got to remind our bodies that we can enter the holy of holies because of the blood of Jesus. It covers everything. I want to ask you if you have the elements, if you'd stand up and hold up the bread. I know this is an interesting way to end a message, but as I was reading through this this week, it just dawned on me that Oftentimes we can give a charge at the end of a message, like, let's go, let's do this thing, and you kind of leave, and you're like, okay, what are we eating? And that's it. 
man, I just wanted us to pause. Because hearing the truth or being reminded of the truth like this sometimes needs a moment of reflection. That's what this is. Jesus said, when you take of these things, remember me. So if you would hold up the bread, which represents the body. And Lord, right now, we just thank you for your body that was broken for us. We thank you for you coming as a baby, living your life perfect for us, without sin, without blemish, so that your body could be presented as the perfect sacrifice for us. Thank you. And we remember your body that was broken today. In Jesus' name, take the bread. And in the same way, would you hold up the cup? Lord, right now we recognize this juice as a reminder of the blood that was poured out for us. And Lord, we say thank you. A mere thank you can seem too simple, but it's all we know how to give when we think about the sacrifice you made for us. Thank you for pouring out your blood to cover us once and for all and cancel our debt. We remember it in Jesus' name. Amen. Take the cup. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I'm going to invite the band up. So as we have confidence now, come on. I just, I don't know if you can feel it in the room right now, but I just pray confidence over every one of you. There's something so special and unique that happens when you take communion because it's a physical, emotional, spiritual, mental moment of worship. I pray you have more confidence in remembering the blood that was shed for you. Confidence and faith in the roles that Jesus held for your life. Come on, church. Our high priest. And what that means is we now, with this confidence, can stand on that like a solid rock of foundation and change the world around us. And I believe that Hebrews 10 gives us the roadmap. And so I have five ways simply. You can remain standing. Five ways to live in the days are here. Come on, we need to be reminded daily. This isn't just when we're at church. This isn't just when we take communion. Five ways to live. And the days are here. The first one is this. Draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. Draw near to God. Come on, we have to choose. We have to make the decision, the determination that we are going to draw near to God. What does his word say? Draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Come on, church. The door is open. The invitation has been set. The table has been set for you with a place with your name on it. And all you've got to do is draw near to him with this assurance that faith brings. Come on, number two. Hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Come on. 
you got to assure yourself and make the decision that for the rest of my life, for the rest of my days, no matter what happens, I will not waver. I will not move. I will make the choice to stand on this rock. I will live for the Lord. Come on, all the days of my life, nothing will take me away from this calling and what God has given me and the relationship with Him. Come on, church, we got to hold unswervingly. We can't let anything take us away from the hope of glory, of being with Jesus, of living for him all the days of our life. Number three, spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Come on, that's even why we're gathering here today. It's to stand arm in arm, to spur each other on, to say, come on, you can do this. This last week, Casey McGinnis and our young adults pastors started what I'm calling like upping our discipline. And we're making the choice to mentally, spiritually, and physically up our discipline just because we just want to get better in every way. And can I tell you, every day, if I didn't have Casey right there texting me going, hey man, how you doing today? I would probably get off track. But having somebody stand right next to you going, hey, are you doing this? Are you good? Are you staying faithful? Makes all the difference. Come on, I think so often we've neglected the partnership of believers next to us because we are uncomfortable to go there. But if you're at a coffee with another believer and you're not challenging them in their faith and asking real questions about their faith journey, we're missing it. Come on, we got to support each other in love and good deeds. And then number four, not giving up meeting together. Come on, this is so significant what happens in this room. Come on, I don't know if you feel the charge. I don't know if you feel the energy of what God is doing in and through. The confidence that it brings in your life to see other believers worship. To stand arm in arm with other believers. We can't give it up. Not for a football game, not for a t-ball game. We can't give it up for anything because this is why we're alive. To be the body of Jesus Christ. Come on. And lastly, encouraging one another. Come on, I tell my team all the time, I say this, when we encourage people, we build courage into them. And I think we need to be reminded of this today, that we actually have to make the choice to encourage people. Like, we have to step out in faith and go, you know what, I'm going to encourage them in their calling. I was sitting at King State this last week with a guy, and, and he started talking, and it was just, I was, I was aware in that moment that this guy had an obvious call of God on his life. And I reminded him of that, and I was like, man, you got a call of God to preach on your life. And his wife, who is a barista there, leans over, and after he left, she goes, like, I can't believe you said that to him, because he absolutely does have a call of God to preach on his life. Come on, we got to encourage people. we got to champion people. we got to challenge them. Come on, there's more inside of people. Come on, there's gold inside of every single person. And sometimes you got to sift through the dust. you got to sift through the rocks and the pebbles and find the gold and find the things that are going to make a difference in people's lives. Are you with me, church? The days are here. The days are here right here now. Come on, we can't wait. We can't stop. The days are here. The Holy of Holies is within us. Would you close your eyes? Bow your heads all across this room. Maybe today you heard me speaking and you heard the gospel presentation brought in a way that it awoke in belief inside of you. You heard me talk about Jesus and what he did, and you go, yep, I'm convinced that happened. I know that Jesus did that. If that's you, if you heard this today, and you go, yep, today is that day. 
we just want to give an opportunity for you to acknowledge that you believe what we're saying. That's all this is. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, then you will be saved. Come on, this is the first step into a relationship with God. This is the very first step into enabling the Holy of Holies to reside in you. You have to draw near to God and he's gonna draw near to you. I'm gonna simply count to three. And at the count of three, I'm just gonna ask you to raise your hand with confidence, just acknowledging that you do believe. So maybe this is your first time or maybe today you're returning to the Lord and saying, today I'm gonna make the decision to chase and pursue God all the days of my life. One, know that God loves you so much. He sent his one and only son to die on the cross for you so that you can know life in this life and life in eternity. Two, the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. You don't need to wait any longer. You don't need to have all the answers right here, right now. You can give your life to Jesus by just believing. Three, if that's you, would you raise your hand? Come on, I see your hand. Come on, hallelujah. I see your hand. 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 Come on, can we celebrate people giving their life to Jesus in this place? No, come on, can we celebrate this? This is a big deal. Salvation coming to people's lives, the holy of holies, residing within them. Welcome to the family. So, so grateful for your courage and your boldness today. What a powerful moment. We're so proud of you and we're so grateful that you did have that courage. And uh, in just a couple moments, we're gonna pray a prayer together and this is sealing the deal. It's you confessing, confessing and believing. And so, welcome to the journey, welcome to the family. For the rest of us, for all of us, would you do something with me? And would you just raise your hands all across this room? Every single hand raised. Come on, as an act of surrender. And Lord, right now, I pray that every one of us would have awareness like we've never had before. Lord, I pray every moment of every single day, every step we take, every conversation and we have, Lord, I pray every dollar we spend, we'd be aware that the days are here. We'd be aware that we live in the new covenant, that we are blessed and highly favored. Lord, that you've set us apart so that we can make a real difference in this world. Lord, I pray in every single way we would hold fast to the confidence, Lord, that we would draw near to you. Lord, I pray in every way you'd help us to hold on swervingly to the faith that we profess. Lord, I pray that you'll help us to spur one another on in faith. Lord, I pray, Jesus, that you would help us to encourage one another daily and not giving up meeting together. In Jesus' name, come on, let's sing. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening to the Grace City Tampa podcast. Stay tuned for more weekly messages from our church.